Jesus, we're so thankful that you came. This time we remember it, this time of the year. But Lord, not even the fact that you just came once, but you come continually to us. And you're here, right here and right now, available to each and every one of us that would open our heart to you. If you've never opened your heart to Jesus, let me encourage you to do it right now. Invite him into your world. He's the thing you've been waiting for, the thing you've been searching for. He's the Savior of the world. And he can be your personal Lord and Savior too. We thank you, precious Savior. How glorious, how wonderful and beautiful you are. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't you take your seats? Beautiful. Good morning. If I didn't catch you before the service, welcome and good morning. Ah, beautiful. Thank you, Phil, Dave, B, Jock. Great. Beautiful. Don't they do a good job? Week in and week out. Sounds even better when I'm not up there, Phil. Good job. Hey, um, a verse really intrigued me. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were having our prayer meeting, and uh, we looked at this scripture two Thursday nights ago. And it was a picture of Jesus' disciples standing there at the temple, possibly on the outside of the temple, looking back at this beautiful building, and just taking it all in, the craftsmanship, the stonework, the, the, the art of the place, and, uh, and they're pondering, they're thinking about it, and then Jesus sort of comes up alongside them, and I'm ad-libbing a little bit here, you know, what are you guys up to? And, and they're like, just check out this stonework, Jesus. Look at the, look at the rocks. That is a nice boulder. You know, like, this is beautiful work, isn't it, Jesus? And Jesus says something really interesting. And I picture it like he comes and stands next to them and just says, Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll come down soon. <laughs> Knock down. And sort of just walks off. And, and I just picture these blokes just going, What is... You know, and, and this sense of, I'm assuming that these disciples, these followers of God, were almost thinking of themselves like, hey, we'll impress Jesus by seeing and stopping our lives and taking note of how glorious his temple is, yet it didn't faze Jesus in the slightest because he didn't care about a building but the people. And uh, I want to share a message this morning that will encourage us and inspire us to remember to have our eyesight right, uh, be focused on the right things, to, to find God in our situations, in our life, whatever we're going through, to actually be able to cut through life in general and be able to be fixed not on the things around us, but on God himself. Sound good? Let's pray, and then we're going to read from the book of Isaiah. Lord, we thank you for your Bible. We thank you for your scriptures. 
it is light to our path. Lord, we pray that you will light up this morning these holy scriptures. Breathe upon them. May it become living in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this book of Isaiah is a classic. He was the prophet of the time. In his time, he was prophet over the course of four consecutive kings, right? He was the man that that sought God, that was the voice of God to this nation. And the kings would come to him, people would come to him and find out and uh, what's God saying, that kind of thing. Well, that was what was supposed to happen anyway. And uh, Isaiah was in this role in the course of four kings. Now, the first king when Isaiah took on his role was King Uzziah. He was the king when Isaiah was called by God to be the prophet. This king called Uzziah. King Uzziah was king for 52 years, right? Think, think about that. He is king at 16 years old. He began his reign, to, and he reigned for 52 years. So 68 is when he finished. Isaiah comes into the picture as God's prophet towards the end of Uzziah's reign, right? And um, now, this was a time in history where over these four kings, it wasn't necessarily the most evil time in the nation of Israel, like Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet of doom all the time. Come on, trying to whip this country back into a godly order. Isaiah, he was, you know, wasn't that, wasn't perfect by no means, but it wasn't quite that dark. But there was a lot of stuff happening. As I said, he, he covered four different transitions of of the kingdom. Uh, a lot of stuff was happening in his life. And, and we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 6. It was, the ki- it was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was seated, sitting in a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You heard this scripture before? Very famous scripture from Isaiah, the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim angels, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. This was the picture that Isaiah had in the year King Uzziah dies. The king who was reigning for 52 years over this nation all of a sudden dies And interestingly enough, it's the most famous passage from Isaiah. He says, in this very year of change, I saw the Lord. I want to challenge us this morning. My first point is in the midst of change in our lives, do we see the Lord? We all go through changes. I talked to each and every one of you. You're probably going through some sort of change right now. Some a lot of change. We just moved house last night. We slept in our new house last night. It was pretty exciting. A time of change for us, right? And we've all probably can identify with something going on in our life 
with a lot of change. My challenge to you this morning, my reminder to you this morning is, do you see the Lord in the midst of your change? Point one. Point two, do you see the Lord in the midst of chaos? Can anyone identify with a little bit of healthy chaos in your life? Well, this, this scripture we're going to turn, we're going to come back to Isaiah, but we're going to turn to Psalms for this one. Psalms chapter 46, speaking of chaotic life, this is a psalm of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah, they were the ones that in the early days, the ground opened up and swallowed them because they had the wrong attitude. God serious about, you know, certain things and they didn't, they were whinging. Why do the Levites get to have all the privileges and all this kind of stuff? The ground opens up, swallows them. But there's a remnant of these people that continue on, the sons of Korah. And this is one of their writings. This is Psalm 46. When I get to the end, you will know this famous line. But you probably had never heard of the most, of, most of this, Psalm 46. So I'm going to read it to you. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come. Interesting, they use that line, right? We will not fear when earthquakes come, when the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the, on, upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bows and snaps the spear. He burns the shields. With fire. And verse 10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by the nations. I will be honored throughout the whole world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. In the midst of chaos, God's reply in this psalm is Be still. And know that I am in control, that I am God of your life. If you're going through a chaotic time in your world at the moment, in the midst of your chaos, do you see the Lord? My third point is this. In the midst of your busyness. Has anyone answered the question this week that somebody has asked them, how are you doing? And you've answered with the the answer, oh, so busy. Anyone done that? Anyone done that like 10 times this week? I mean, it's such a common answer these days, isn't it? Ah, oh, just flat out, it's so busy. In the midst of our busyness, do we see the Lord? 
And there's a very famous passage that highlights this very well. We won't turn there for the sake of time this morning, but it's the illustration when Jesus comes to Mary and Martha's home. You remember that one? Mary's sitting at his feet. Martha's busy in the kitchen, gets angry at Mary for not helping. Come on, I've got so much to do. She's caught up in the busyness of life. And Jesus rebukes her and says, no, not right now. Mary has seen the Lord in the midst of the busyness. She's stopped. Be still and know. She knows that I am God. On to my conclusion. That was quick, huh? Well, there's supposed to be school holidays. The kids are supposed to be in here, so I've only got a short message. Then Cass took them out. I don't know, maybe I can just stretch it out for a bit longer. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Isaiah. I've got a couple of thoughts, and possi- usually my thoughts take longer than the whole message. Here's one of them. Back to the Isaiah passage. In the midst of change, chaos, busyness, I saw the Lord, and the train of his filled the temple, you know, he just starts describing this, this um, amazing picture of Jesus enthroned in heaven. Isaiah saw something of God that had been existing, going on for all of eternity. The worship of the angels, singing of his holiness as they fly around the throne. He got a glimpse in the midst of his... What was he going through? Change. In the midst of his change, busyness, chaos, he saw a picture of the Lord magnified and the angels worshipping him. That didn't just happen just then while he was busy. That had been happening for all eternity through the point that he actually broke into some new realm and, and saw it. And then it closed up again, and he moves on with his life, and it still continues on. Do you get what I'm, my thought here? So the thing is, in, the, in our busyness, in our change, in our chaos, you know, sometimes we think the world is revolving around what is happening to us, but yet there is a God who is enthroned in heaven, who is worthy of all worship and all awe, and he was there before the world was created and will be there after the world is finished. And Isaiah just seemed to tap into it in a moment of change. You can tap into the things of God at any time. Forget how busy you are. Forget what's going on in your life. In the spur of the moment, you can open up the window of heaven and see God for who he is and begin to worship him. His glory, it fills the whole earth. He is everywhere. He is in everything. My question is, do you see him? You may have a question like this. God, where are you in all this? Like, I'm going through all this stuff. Where are you? Have you ever asked that one? Where are you in this? I think the question's right, but how we phrase it is wrong. 
I think the question's right to ask God, where is he in it all? But we need to, in the midst of what is happening in our life, the busyness, the chaos, the change, in the midst of it all, God, where are you in this? You see the difference? Like you're actually looking for, what are you doing in the midst of this, God? I want to see you. Like Isaiah's, I want to see that window open up and just get a glimpse of what you're actually on about. Because the disciples standing next to Jesus didn't see it. As they were looking at the temple, they thought they did. But they hadn't had their eyes opened to what Jesus was actually doing in that day. Where are you in this, Lord? You know, I'm going through an ugly time at home. I'm I'm being kicked out of my home. I've, you know, I've, I don't know what's going on. I've lost my job. Whatever could be going on in your world. God, where are you in this? What are you doing here, God? Because I have no doubt you're in control. You're sitting on a throne from before I even was born and will be there after I'm gone. Where are you in this? Can you see the Lord? Phil, could you come, please? Do you see him? Do you hear him in the midst of whatever is going on in your life? Hosea says this, another famous line, my people perish for lack of knowledge or vision. Vision. My Bible says vision. My people perish for lack of vision. Now, we often grab this scripture out at a leadership meeting and say, come on, we've got to declare our vision clear because, you know, when the vision's clear, people will follow. I, want to th- I was thinking about this line this week. My people perish for a lack of vision, the lack of ability to see. I mean, the, the, the basic meaning of vision isn't necessarily a business term of like thinking of the future, the basic, most basic description of the word, definition of the word vision is to be able to see, right? My people perish because they cannot see. God is not wanting to take you out of your surroundings, the people you have, the the job placement you're in. Like he's not trying to take you away from reality. He's trying in the midst of your reality Give you eyes. Can you see him? Can you, can you understand what he's doing in your life? Have you given him room to sit on the throne in your life? Why don't you close your eyes? I'm going to pray this morning. And I pray even right now as the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is the God element that is with us today. And he is here in this room. And I believe in some way he's opening people's eyes right now. I saw the Lord seated on the throne. A train of his robe filled the temple. His glory and his majesty filled the temple where the angels would cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't 
care. It's not too big for God. In the midst of it, open up your heart this morning and say, God, I want to see you. I truly believe you are sovereign over my life and over the world. You're in control, but I just can't see you and I want to see you. In the midst of your change, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your busyness, stop and see the Lord. Just with everyone's eyes closed, do you, if there's people here that you feel like you need to do that, I'm expecting maybe a dozen or so hands to go right now. Just put your hand up and let me see. Just let me see you responding this morning. No one else is looking. Lord, these people are responding to you, God. They need to see you. And they're reaching out some form of physical acknowledgement. Open their heart. Open their eyes so they can see you. May they sense your presence right now, your anointing that breaks yokes, setting people free. Even as you reach out to God this morning, the weight, the burden you're carrying will become easy because one glimpse of God, one glimpse of His majesty, one glimpse, one, one word that reassures you that He is in full control is just like, that's just the thing you're waiting for. It's the thing you needed. Thank you, Lord. Pray you do that right now. Some people, you just got to give it over to God. Man, I've learned to do this lately, just to give it over to God. It's yours, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. This Christmas time, God, bringing us together, you're reminding us who you are and what you've done for us. In the midst of our lives this Christmas season, God, we give you room to break in. We give you room to open up. Uh, visions to us, thoughts in our minds. I want you to know that we'll receive them and we'll respond to them. Lord, I pray a blessing on every single person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Phil's just going to stay here a bit longer. Keep that atmosphere of uh, intimacy. Thank you for coming this morning. Um, if you've never been here before, we, we just got tea and coffee out there. You're welcome to stay as long as you want. The sun's out. It's a beautiful day. Meet some new people. Uh, if you wish, there's some, there's some information up the back about our church. Welcome packs up there. Avail yourself to that. Have a great uh, Christmas. If, you, if you're leaving town, I won't see you. Have a blessed Christmas time. If you're in town, I will definitely see you Christmas Eve at the Olive Tree. Um, and here that morning, obviously. God bless. See you next week.